Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. Again, welcome to another exciting broadcast of Faith on Fire. And uh, we've been speaking on the subject of the, the gospel of the kingdom or the kingdom of God, keys to the kingdom. But we want to just get a little general and talk about the kingdom of God because that's what Jesus came preaching, the gospel of the kingdom. And again, I, I believe, you know, the church has got away from that. We started preaching denominations. We started preaching uh, programs, uh, religion. We started preaching everything but the kingdom. And again, the kingdom of God comes with its own power. So I guess that's why the enemy would try to influence the church not to preach kingdom principles. And the kingdom has principles, rules. I ain't going to say rules, that, but principles, principles that were established by God. And he said, if you work these principles, again, if you work to uh, utilize the principles, you'll be successful here on earth. Because remember, Jesus said the model prayer was, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, give us this day our daily bread. Our daily bread is the word of God. Because man should not live by bread alone, but by every word. Forgive us for our sins. We forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the what? Kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So the kingdom just keeps going. It doesn't stop. He said yours is the kingdom. Not theirs is the kingdom. Or that's the kingdom. The kingdom of darkness. He didn't say that one is the kingdom. He said for yours is the kingdom. So God must have established something for Jesus to teach us to pray that way and declare that God's was his kingdom was the one that was going to endure forever. So if his kingdom is the one the one that's going to endure forever, and I'm a child of God, I'm an heir with God and a joint heir with Christ, and I'm now in the kingdom because I'm born again. And and, and, and real quick, I want to show somebody this, people this, because we kind of forgot that too. Over in John chapter, I believe it's chapter 3, and we probably went over there, but it's good, uh, good to go over there again. John chapter 3, look what he says here in John chapter 3. My Bible pages are sticking. John chapter 3. And it was about Nicodemus. You know, Jesus was out preaching the gospel. And uh, Nicodemus came to Jesus, it says, by night. And here it was right here. And actually, see, Jesus loved Pharisees too. And Pharisees can get in. So look at John chapter 3, verse 1. And my Bible has a subtitle, the new birth. That means if there was a new birth, there must have been an old birth. I think that was the natural birth. But this is this new birth is a spiritual birth. 
because that's what born again means. But look what he says in 3 1, John 3 1. There was a man of the Pharisees, uh oh, named Nicodemus, Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night. I find that very interesting. He came by night. Because you know those other Pharisees don't want you to come and talk. Remember, <laughs> right. they even made a statement. They said anybody get caught coming in here to synagogue talking about this Jesus stuff is getting kicked out. Nicodemus must have knew that because he helped lay down that law. <laughs> so anyway, he came by night, look, and said to him, he said to Jesus, Rabbi, he addressed him as who he was, Rabbi, teacher. We know that you are a teacher come from God. He said, I acknowledge that. But we, he said we, that must mean the rest of you, but they didn't want to acknowledge it. But no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Remember what I said on the last broadcast? These signs shall follow those who believe in his name. They'll do this, that, and the other, cast out demons, lay hands. Nicodemus acknowledged this. He said, we understand. Hey, ain't nobody been doing all the stuff you've been doing, Jesus, unless God is with them. And we know Emmanuel means what? God with us. That's one of Jesus' names. He has lots of names. But he acknowledges it, and he says, no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Look at verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, Nicodemus, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And that word see is mean know, be a part of, enter in. He said, unless one is born again. So a lot of people, well, that's the first step to getting being a part of this kingdom of God is getting born into it. How do you become a citizen of a nation? You get born, born into, into it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that's how we got born into the kingdom of God. We got born again into it. So now we're in the kingdom. And remember, he said, Jesus said this. These are his words. He keep on saying, Jesus keep on bringing up this phrase, kingdom of God. Notice he didn't say, keep on saying church. He didn't say nothing about denomination. <laughs> he said kingdom of God. So again, that's what he came preaching, and that was his theme throughout his ministry. And I think that should be our theme because he told us to go preach the gospel. And, he, we, and you talk about the kingdom of heaven, and you talk about the family of God and that we're the children of God. And as you were talking, you know, it just came back to, to me that God's family isn't broken up into whole different denominations and stuff only here on this earth. If you're a part of the family of God, you are a part of the family of God. God's family is broken up here. We meet here. We meet there. Some of it's for ease. Some of it's for what we think. Some of it is doctrine. Some of it is whatever. But in God's family, there's only one family. There's only one group of believers. And there's only one daddy. There's only one church in Chico. I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. Somebody asked me, how many churches do you think there are in Chico? Or I asked somebody, how many churches are there? There's only one church in Chico. There's only one church in California. There's only one church in the United States. There's only one church in the world, and that is the group of believers who who believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and are a part of the family of God. That is the church. But there's many congregations. Right. Yeah, well, there's many there congregations. A lot, of, a lot of buildings and yeah, a lot yeah, of right. people meeting. Right, right. But there's, there's only, only one church. If, there was, if, if Paul wrote a, church, a letter to the church in Chico, He's writing to everybody, everybody who's right. a believer in Chico. Right, right, it doesn't right, right. matter. He's not writing to one particular building. He's writing to all the believers. Well, you know, in Chico. We, we like to think he's just talking to us because we the only one got it right. Right. The denomination well, says that. Right. And your denomination says, well, you're probably the only ones in, you know, mm -hmm. and the other guy's got it all wrong. And and I know churches 
where they say they can't take communion with you because you're not confirmed in their in denomination. denomination. And the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that we're the children of now, God. Now, see, now, now that's where we borderline that religion. We're stepping over in that religion side now. And Jesus said about communion, he said, do this in remembrance of me, not in remembrance of your denominational doctrine. He said, Jesus is the doctrine. <laughs> right. Remember the person of, we're supposed to preach the person and program of Jesus Christ. And Jesus came preaching about the gospel of the kingdom. And he says, go and make disciples of all nations. Well, you can't have communion with us because you're not in the family. Well, I desire to be in the family. Maybe if you share your communion cup with me or your meal, because communion was a, it wasn't, the original communion was on a wafer and a drink of wine. It was a big meal. We just, Jesus took those two parts out of the meal and used them as elements to describe his body and his blood. And we didn't made a whole doctrine out of that. Well, see, in the first century church, they actually took a meal together. We, we still do that. Some, some people are getting drunk. Yeah, right, 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 right. See, see even it, every once in a while, I'll talk to somebody and go, man, I'd love to go back to the first century church. They didn't have the hate for each other that we have. They didn't have the dissension that we have. They didn't have the problems that we have. Man, that first century church, they really had their act together. And I say, boy, you haven't been reading your Bible too close there. Because the first century church had all the same kind of problems that people do today. That's why Paul has to talk to them about their communion. It's because some people were getting drunk. Some people were eating before anybody else showed up. Some people were drunk before right. other people. And he said, don't just, you have That don't your... mean they ate all the crackers, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. They ate a lot of the crackers. Yeah, right, right. No, they had a juice. big meal. And like I say, those were two elements of the meal that were taken out Jesus used to describe him. But he says to him, don't you have houses to eat and drink in that you got to right. come down here and do this? <laughs> right. Well, they were making a mockery of it. And he told him, don't take communion in an unworthy manner. Right. And, and, and part and, of that. And I always try to explain that to people, too, because people think, well, you know, I, I know I sinned yesterday, so I must be unworthy. And I tell him, you know what? It's not about. You need to be the first one to partake. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's n when he talks about being unworthy, he's not about talking about you have to be perfect no. now. Well, he's saying this. This is what I believe, part of what he's saying. Don't you go have communion knowing you got something against your brother right here and you guys haven't made that right. We're in here breaking bread, talking about God is good, Jesus is our Lord. Remember, not just Savior, but Lord. Lord means ruler. What did Jesus say if a brother and sister have an ought against one another? He told them, go take care of it. He and didn't say, hold bring, a grudge. And bring your offer. Yeah, right, right. He didn't say, hold a grudge and talk about them for a year and get everybody else to side with you. <laughs> he said, you go... Nobody Win that brother would, back. Nobody would do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, anyway back to the kingdom of God. But, but see, the kingdom of God is a way of doing things. It's a mindset. But and see, and even what we were just talking about there, kind of half kidding. That shows the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Because in the kingdom of darkness, you go get all your friends. Right, in the kingdom of God. And you, try to, and you try to get everybody on your side. You try to line up your support. You try to make the other person look as bad as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. In the kingdom of God, you go to that person and you humble yourself. To a them. totally different system from the kingdom of darkness or the world system. That's the one he told us don't be conformed to, but be transformed. And again, it's a superior system because God is, his name should be called your excellent. He's excellent. He's your majesty, your highness. It's a superior kingdom to the fallen one that sinners are living in and that we once lived in. So he's saying, come up. Remember, repent, come up, do a 360, and think this way. Jesus said, well, the scripture says the prophet 
God spoke through the prophet Isaiah over in uh, Isaiah 55, I believe. He said, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. My ways aren't your ways. So are the heavens higher than the earth. So are my thoughts and my ways higher than yours. So basically what he's saying, you need to come up, little guy, to where I'm thinking. Not try to shrink me down. And that's what we like to do. We want to shrink them down by bringing the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And that ain't going to happen. Because only light can dissipate darkness. Yeah, so... That's why and he said, it always does. That's why he said, let your light so shine. See, and this is what's yeah. incredible thing, mm -hmm. and, and I tell people this all the time. If you don't believe this, go get in a dark closet, turn on a flashlight, and see what happens to the The light will overcome the dark. Right, every, every time. time. And that's why he told us, let your light so shine. So wherever you go, guess what? You take the kingdom with you because the light is in you. Remember Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. Again, that's the whole desire is that the kingdom of God will come. His will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if we keep reinforcing that teacher teaching or what Jesus taught and told us to teach in our churches and our Bible studies, people will get a different mindset. They'll get, have a kingdom mindset instead of a denomination mindset or my church mindset. And then because in the kingdom, everybody's one it's unity. In the kingdom. Ain't no house divided because Jesus talked about a divided house shall surely fall. So in the kingdom, it, it is the church of Chico, the church of Las Vegas, the church of Los Angeles. It's not the church of the United States. The church there of it the is. World. And look in the United States, how much division is in the United States. That's why we're probably not experiencing many, many miracle signs and wonders. All the congregations are divided. Everybody's doing their denominational thing. And God says, no, 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 you can't bring that into my house. I don't work like that. I want you guys. Jesus said it in John 17. Father, I wish they'd be one just like you and I. He was talking about the church. Right. Believe in general. He was, and he's the head of the church, which is his body. That's us. And the head controls the whole body. I'm looking at your head and my head. Wherever our head turns, guess what? The body goes the same way. My head don't turn one way unless I'm a freak. <laughs> no, wherever the head, and Jesus is the head of the body, which is his church. It says that in Ephesians. And then he's also talking about just the mere fact that when your head tells your hands to do something, they do it. When your head tells your well, feet well, to do not, something, well, they do well, it. Well, scripturally, biblically, who's the head of the church? Right. When, Jesus. When the head tells its hands so, and feet. So if the head us, then told you to do something, you should be saying, okay, head, I'm going to submit to you, head. Not do your own thing. Again, don't try to bring the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Because you're not going to get the benefits. You're going to just going to find yourself on the outside looking in. And a lot of Christians are there instead of getting being doers and not just hearers of the word only. You got to hear it and do it. And again, Jesus came talking about the kingdom. And he said, I'm going to give you some keys to operate in this kingdom. And I believe those same keys, they give us access to heaven. But they give us that life that Jesus said he came to give us life and life more abundantly. Because before that, he talked about the kingdom of darkness and what that king came to give you. Remember, he says, uh, the thief. He called that kingdom, the, the ruler of that kingdom, the thief. He said, he only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Well, you're going to have that because you're going to submit to what I said. You're going to do what I said because my words or laws aren't grievous. You're going to apply them to your life, to your ministry. You're going to teach your children these things. You're going to go tell other people, and everything is going to be all well with you. And the scripture talks about that, that we may live a peaceable life. Over there in uh, 1 Timothy, it talks about us uh, 
Jesus being the mediator between man and God, and that we're to pray for all men because God desires that all men to be saved. And he says when we do that, again, kingdom folk pray for one another. Actually, kingdom-minded people pray for their enemies. Remember, bless those who curse you. Pray for those kingdom-minded people do that. Now, church folk, you know, religious folk, they don't do that. They ain't praying for nobody's enemies. They agree in, they're conformed to the world, so they're agreeing with the kingdom of darkness. And that's the test. Are you a kingdom-minded person or a heavenly-minded person? Because life is going to give you an opportunity to be a doer of the word. Somebody's going to upset you, offend you, and it's how you respond. You're going to get put in a fiery furnace. Trial, tribulation is going to come. We're going to find out if the kingdom is in you or not, or are you still conformed to this world, the kingdom of darkness. Because you put some pressure on some folk, Richard, they'll cuss you. Christians, they cuss you out. Let a little pressure get on them. Yeah, but Jesus didn't do that. He just remained calm, even to the point of death. He wasn't up there, let me down. I'm getting y'all when I get down. He didn't do none of that. He he just said, Father, this is what kingdom folk do. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Right. And and you, kingdom folk. You know, and as you're talking, you're talking about just everyday life. See, mm -hmm. because everyday life we do, we get a chance. To, to prove what that good and perfect and acceptable will of God is, that your mind is, is renewed. Really you can, yeah, you're right. going to prove it. Because, and, and to go back to that simple formula, and you see this in families, you see this in church families, you see this at the workplace, where somebody gets mad at somebody, they don't go to that person, they don't ask. You see this in families a lot. Boy, they get on, they're going to call Aunt Martha up and tell them what Sister Susie said to them, and, and get everybody in the family all revved up, and pretty soon everybody's especially if it's an in-law, you know, and everybody's mad at them. And, and you just don't even know what really happened, but boy, you heard about it. And so now you're mad on the behalf of the person that you heard it from that, oh man, that's just not right. That shouldn't be done. Rather than go to the person that had offended you, you go to all the other people. And as you say, kingdom people do what God says. God says to go to the other person. He doesn't say go round up all your friends, get everybody revved up, get every maddie mad at your brother-in-law or your sister-in-law or your outlaw or whoever it is in the family that did you wrong. Mm -hmm. He says to go to that person. And then you talk about loving your enemies and praying for those that despitefully use you. The world and people even in their own human nature can pray for those people that are good to them. Mm -hmm, can mm -hmm. pray for those people that love them and are kind to them. The true measure, I believe, and always have, of God's love being at work in you is what you do with your enemies, what you do with somebody who does despitefully use you. How do you react to them? What is your reaction? What What is it that you do? That's how I think that you can really tell the how the love of God is at work in you no, is that yeah. the first time somebody does you dirty, how do you respond? Do you actually pray for them? Do you ask forgiveness of them or or speak to them about reconciliation? Or do you decide you're going to get even? Well, well, the scripture describes it like this in Romans 12, 2 and 3, when he says, don't be conformed to this world. Because the world tells you how to, the world wants to conform you into its way of doing things. But he says, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And here's the latter part of that, that you may prove 
what that good and perfect and acceptable will of God is. You're going to prove it to others and it's going to be proven to yourself because you know why? You're going to be not just a hearer of the word. You're going to go ahead and do it. That's proving what the will of God is. Jesus proved it on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And we know he could have responded a whole lot of other ways, but he responded out of love, out of a kingdom mindset. He knew what the assignment was and he was willing to bear it, even though it wasn't nice and it was painful, but he responded the way he was supposed to respond. He proved what that good and perfect and acceptable will of God is. See, see people sometimes forget he's on the cross one word from him and he's off. One right. word from him and they're all done. He didn't have to go there. He didn't have to be up there. <laughs> I mean, one word from him and it's over. Right, 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 right. right it's right, not right. like he needs a bunch of help. One, right, right. one word from him and it's all but done. It, but he, he said some words and it wasn't what, you know, the disciples wanted him to say. <laughs> Remember, because they wasn't totally transformed yet. The Holy Spirit had not come on them. Right. They probably were like, you know, if they had enough weapons, they probably would have went up there and cut him down. <laughs> but they didn't do that. And, and, I know they probably like was tripping when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But we got to realize the disciples, after all of that, Beth, Daryl, I mean, death, burial, and resurrection, they had to remember all that stuff. They, I know they remember what was said on the cross. We know they remember it because it was recorded. New Testament. They recorded it. Mark and them, John, Luke, they recorded everything that happened. So I guess it was brought back to their remembrance because God used them because all scripture is given by inspiration of God. He used men to pen it, but he gave them the wisdom and told them what to write. So again, I want to read this one before we move on out of, out of John 3, back to where we were talking about Nicodemus. Back to verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see or know the kingdom of God. Look at verse 4, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born? Verse 5, Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, notice a lot of people mess this one up. They, he didn't say he can't go to heaven. Well, we know you, you ain't going to go to heaven if you ain't born again anyway. But he said he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You can't come into God's way of doing things unless you're born of the spirit of water, unless you're born again. Because you know what happens? A lot of people won't preach on this. When you get born again, something supernaturally happens. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Your spirit now gets awakened because you're three parts, body, soul, and spirit. Your spirit gets awakened now to heaven, to God. He can communicate with you. You can get what's called revelation knowledge. God can fellowship with you again. So unless you, if you're not born again, I hear people all the time talking about God, unbelievers, un, say people saying God told them this, that, and another. And I'm like, well, that's contrary to his word because he said you got to be born again even for the Holy Spirit to come into you and dwell in you. Now, I believe, like I said last Sunday at services, God will speak to you about his son Jesus, about leading you towards him, but he ain't going to let you on no deep family secrets. You ain't going to get that about casting out demons and all that because we know what happened in the scripture when these other guys seen the disciples casting out demons and they thought it was fun. They said, we're going to go do it. Well, we can make some money. Dude. Yeah, and, and the, the demons, but, but, yeah, yeah, but the, what the demons say, Jesus we know 
Paul, we know. <laughs> we Vince, know we know. You. Richard, we know. But but who are you? <laughs> right. And the demons had them on the run. So anyway. Yeah, the poor seven sons of Skiva thought this is going to be a money-making operation. Right, 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 right. We'll go, See, uh, we'll but go around getting rid of these Back guys. to the scripture. Unless one is born again, he cannot enter or know the kingdom of God. You can't even get in the family. So you have to, again, when you get saved, something supernaturally happens. The, Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. And, uh. Yeah, and uh, you can now have fellowship with God again, and you can get what's called revelation knowledge through what we're going to be talking about next week is biblical meditation, not Eastern meditation, biblical meditation, the same meditation he instructed Joshua to do concerning his word, the same one he instructed, giving us the wisdom to in Psalms 1. Read it on your spare time before next week because that's what we're going to go into. That's another key of the kingdom. Well, you know, and then Jesus says he spent time with his disciples is because he knew he needed to spend time with them. He didn't say, I'll, I'll see you guys next Sunday for an hour or whatever. He knew that he needed to spend every day with them, teaching them. And the incredible thing is, and we talked about this just at the very end of yesterday's show, is even as he had spent all that time with them, they still had no real knowledge of who he was. They had a superficial knowledge, but they until the Holy Spirit came on them, they didn't really know who he was. Until he was dead, buried, and resurrected, and then, then all of a sudden, <laughs> then they realized exactly everything that he had been talking about, everything that he had meant. Well, and then by it's that not time, in, the Holy Spirit didn't come And it's not until the Holy Spirit yeah. that they actually now become more of what God wants them to be. And so they spent time with Jesus, and they still weren't immediately perfected and as the holy spirit comes on them so peter he can be scared by a young girl in the courtyard into telling i don't know nothing and when, when wouldn't aren't me. you want to man i know i don't know what i never even heard of him what do you think i i not only didn't have anything to do i never even heard of the dude and so then he's before the sanhedrin after the holy spirit comes on him he's before the sanhedrin a group of people who really could have taken his life. And he says, hey, it's time for me to do what God says, not what you guys say. It's, I'm doing what God says. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> and, right. And so... He got bold with it, huh? Right. Because of what the Holy Spirit had done in him. The, you and I, every person who's a believer, needs to realize who they are, needs to realize what God is doing in our life and has done, that we are the children of God, that we have all the promises of God, that all the promises of God are good, and that we can now be bold, we can now be courageous, because he is near. Not only just near, but he is alive. And again, that's going to do it for this episode of Faith on Fire. And remember, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we just want to remind you and encourage you as you go through this week, keep living by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. 
Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.